0: Hey everyone, welcome to Bourbon and Breaches, where we cover one of our favorite bourbons and the top five most interesting data breaches from the last week. I'm Steve.
1: I am Shu. Mike, this is
0: Miguel. I'm Nikki. Uh So let's go ahead and begin. Uh, so for today, let's jump right into the bourbon. We have Old Forester 1920 style, Prohibition style. Uh, I've got it, Shu has it as well, right Shu? i do
1: have it i picked it up last night
0: are you seeing my screen with old forester yes okay uh so old forester is um a really fun bourbon uh it is so i'm going to talk a little bit about where it comes from it is right in the heart of uh, louisville kentucky um right on i think they call this bourbon row is that right has anyone been to louisville
1: i have and i've been to that distillery
0: nice we are doing their prohibition style so the claim to fame for old forester is that during the prohibition they received a limited permit to bottle medicinal whiskey um, and They had to bottle it at at least 100 proof, which is 50%. um, And so uh, most of those turned out to be about 115 or so proof uh, after the angel share. So Old Forester was making whiskey before, during, and after Prohibition. Um, So kudos to them for figuring out how to do that. And uh, I've always been told that the Prohibition style is one of their best. Um, they have this whole, um, they have this whole line, uh, whiskey row series. So, uh, Old Furster has a whiskey row series. They have a series of these bourbons. Um, they all have the same, uh, mash bill. Um, and the 1920 is just 115 proof of that. Uh, however, I've always been told that this is the best, and um, I've tried a few of the other ones. Uh, This is certainly my favorite. Um, And even though they all have the same mash bill, uh, this one has a very distinctive flavor to it. Um, So one final thing about this one, Uh, this is also a 2020 San Francisco World Spirits Competition double gold medal winner. So this is I think our third double gold medal winner. Three out of four. I'm gonna be pouring this over a single cube, and I'm getting. So this is probably the darkest bourbon that um, we've featured on on our show. Um, you know, significantly darker than Ben Millum. Um, this I would say is, you know, a, a dark toffee or even like a chocolate toffee, um, look to it.
2: That's 57.5 strength. If I did not read. Um, yeah. Wrong. I that's mean, right. that's beyond the distillery edition. The um,
0: edition it is are like
2: 51, 52.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think it's barrel proof. Barrel proof is usually 60%. But That's it's pretty close. Crazy. Yeah.
1: That's I'm not, not messing around, show. again. Yeah.
0: Big yeah. Uh, what are you getting on the nose shoe?
1: So I have opinions on Old Forester. Um, <laughs> this is I. I agree. This is uh, this is one of the better ones. Um, I'm really not getting that much. It's 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 it's. uh I mean, it's definitely a, a distinctive bourbon smell. But, um,
0: I, I get uh, like chocolate toffee on the nose. When, when I think of Old Forester. I think of if you just took like toffee and chocolate and maple syrup and put it all in a blender, that's, that's what I think of with Old Forester,
1: Which is not inherently a terrible combination.
0: Mm-mm.
1: But honestly, um, I I definitely get the toffee, uh, I get the chocolatey sense. Um, but honestly, when I take the first sip, this is I get a pretty strong burn.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that does go away after your mm-hmm. after a few sips. So that's that's good. It's not like it lingers there forever. Um, honestly, I get a lot of I get a plastic taste out of this. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. that's probably my screwed up taste buds, but I'm like...
0: Is this not a favorite of yours? Because this is one of my favorites.
1: I, I would say it's not. I would wow. say I'm, not a, I'm not, a, not a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. The Heaven Hill stuff, if you go to that distillery, it's a fun time. It's a great tour, very educational, but the Heaven Hill brands, I'm not like... I'm gonna...
0: I, I don't get any plastic on this. I love oh. this. This... It, it does have a burn, but oddly, the burn, it hits me in, in the nose, and then it just leaves this little tingly on, on my uh, tongue and lips until they go numb, and then it's great, um, right. and uh, so I'm getting, you know, toffee, chocolate, sweet. It's not overly sweet um, because it's close to 60%, um, but... Uh, I, you know, when I think of of Old Forrester, um, I think for as strong as it is, it's incredibly smooth and it's got this lingering, um, it's got like a, a dense mouthfeel to it and it's got sort of this lingering like sugar that it leaves on your tongue.
1: Yeah. It's definitely not as sweet as the others we've had before. It's definitely not as spicy. I don't get the uh, the little tongue dance that lingers on for a while. Um, I get that a little bit, but out of everything we've tasted, it's, it's not as strong.
3: Yeah. Hey, Nikki, can you make sure um, "tingling mouth feel mouth dance" makes it into our SEO for this episode? People
4: yeah. <laughs> are gonna be searching for that, wondering. Is anybody else having a stroke or is it just
0: You mean your tongue and lips don't go numb when you drink this? All right, let's jump right in. Mickey.
4: First data breach we'll be covering comes to us by way of ZDNet ransomware attack forces web hosting provider manage.com to take servers offline. Um, This one is pretty interesting in that I actually compiled multiple stories and they all went back to this specific breach. Manage.com said that uh, people came in and impacted a number of their customer sites, so they took a look um, and basically took a couple of those affected websites offline. One of those affected sites was actually the Arizona judicial branch website. I did a little bit of digging to see if anything came out of it as of now. And it's actually ReEvil that was behind it. They had demanded $500,000 and they had a due date to get paid by November 24th. Uh, I checked on that. No updates as of yet. So maybe things are still being worked out. Um, But that rabbit hole further led to the fact that reeval is they have already launched an auction site on the dark web called happy blog where they sell stolen data data um from companies that don't pay ransom so they're setting up a pretty interesting system so uh
0: so it's not an auction it's a it's just a disclosure uh we uh collect breaches from ReEvil's happy blog, um, which is one of my favorite uh, names for a disclosure site. Um, we collected from them and 18 others. Um, and so um, the bad news is it's not gonna be an auction. They'll, ju- they'll just disclose all of that data to everyone publicly. Um, and so uh, I was gonna ask, which ransomware it was because if it's one of the varieties that discloses which it is, that means that anyone that had their data encrypted at manage.com is likely to have sensitive information be disclosed.
4: Do you think that's why that demand, the initial demand of 500,000 was as low as it was compared to all the other stores that we've been seeing? Is it because it's manageable or is it because it's just the first step to multiple, uh, demands because they could have access to a lot of databases. I
0: think this data breach is potentially really scary because they are hosting websites for lots of other companies. And so this is not just one data breach. Data has been exposed for every managed.com customer or, or whatever subset of customers was impacted by this. So this one event could turn into hundreds or thousands of data breaches. Um, The price is probably so low because I'm expecting a lot of manage.com's customers to be uh, small businesses. So you're not dealing with uh, Campari. uh, You're dealing with smaller businesses that that may not have a lot of funds to pay a ransom.
3: We've spoken about it on the show before, but this is really going back to the importance of understanding third-party risk and the efficiencies in using third-party versus the risk. So I agree with you on the small business side, but on the, on the government side, it makes a lot of sense why you'd want to reduce budget by using the hosting service um, in order to put the website up, especially if the website is for important information, but not necessarily for uh, business operations. Although if it is for business operations, that's that's even worse it might be more efficient to use a site like that but when you outsource the work you're outsourcing uh, the risk unfortunately you can't totally outsource the risk cuz it it comes home to you and to all those customers when they're when they're breached
4: all right taking a look at number 2 in our weekly roundup it's coming out of finance financemagnates.com yes the headline reads, Liquid Exchange Confirmed Security Breach. Maybe that are all these ads. Um, and Liquid is a Japanese cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, this breach occurred November 13th. They sent out their statement on the 18th. Um, they had their CEO, Mike Kayamori, uh, explaining the situation. Uh, and what he said was, A domain name hosting provider that manages one of our core domain names incorrectly transferred control of the account and domain to a malicious actor. This gave the actor the ability to change DNS records and in turn, take control of a number of internal email accounts. In due course, the malicious actor was able to partially compromise our infrastructure and gain access to document storage. Uh, He didn't out them, but the provider was GoDaddy. Um, they also had assured all their customers that this is scary, but, um, you know, they have a strong password encryption, so don't worry too much. Having said that, change your password and your, to, you know, uh, factor authentication, authentication credentials at the earliest convenience. Um, but this is the first of a string of cryptocurrency stories that we'll be covering today. Uh, What are y'all's thoughts?
1: My first thought is that GoDaddy is based in Scottsdale, Arizona.
0: (laughs) Well, this has happened with GoDaddy before. This is exactly what happened with Reddit. Um, The, you know, basically GoDaddy uses SMS multifactor and I hope Liquid had multifactor turned on. Maybe they didn't. Um, but even with SMS um, that's what happened with reddit Um, you do a sim swap you get the SMS code you get direct access and then you can you can take over Um, so you know that's this is not GoDaddy's first time and it really should be more of a data breach including GoDaddy not just including liquid Um, but uh, with I mean with liquid being targeted um you have to realize that uh crypto is a a gold mine and you're going to be targeted and um don't store your money in a crypto exchange like that that's rule number one is keep it in in an offline wallet or keep it in a very secure you know um uh not online wallet
1: yeah this this sounds like um This doesn't sound like people lost money out of this. It was just data being exposed. But I think this goes directly back to Mike's point about third party and your business partners. Because this was a failure of GoDaddy and we're talking GoDaddy more than Liquid right now. Liquid could have secured the network. They could have done everything right with securing their network. And it was a failure with a business partner that got them in trouble
3: and then to Steve's point if goDaddy is also your service provider your hosting provider you need to understand what happened in this breach in order to make sure that you have got the appropriate protocols in place to make sure it doesn't happen to you right so if somebody somebody else's third party is also your third party they have a breach you need you know you need to know and understand what the implications are there which is a not so subtle plug for for hack notice but there we go all
0: right love for an easy number three, let's jump right into it. Number three.
4: Over 300,000 Spotify accounts hacked in credential stuffing attack. Spotify users have been complaining that their accounts have been just getting hacked regularly.
2: I, I think that there are a couple of things uh, to notice here, at least in my opinion. First one would be the fact that these are really polite hackers that all that they do with the accounts is just mess up with your playlist. I mean, that's, that's almost like, a, I don't know, like being polite, like, you know, trying to get noticed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably the first, the next thing would be asking out that person. You know, I'm the one that arranged, rearranged your playlist. Do you want to go out on a date? I mean, it seems <laughs> like that approach. And the second thing, uh, it's that uh, I do see, I mean, I can, I can vouch that that statement is true. I mean, Spotify accounts get leaked every single day i mean i see them every day while i'm doing the collection i every now and then i would see netflix accounts i never or very rarely i see amazon accounts being leaked but spotify i see them on a regular basis i mean like every single day
0: yeah that this is this article seems pretty tame compared to what we see on a daily basis we'll see Five thousand Spotify accounts, ten thousand Spotify accounts. They're almost always the paid accounts because the free accounts that's that does nothing for you. But the paid accounts, you you can go and download music and skip ads and all that. So um, you know, there's this weird part of the hacker community that's very sharing focused, and they will take over Spotify accounts, share them, and say, hey, don't don't change the password. Um, we're all gonna listen to music for free. Um, this is pretty tame. There's, there's, I don't wanna say it's a victimless crime, but uh, there's not a direct you know, uh, consequence to the, to the account holder unless they change the password, which why would you, you're, you're just listening. Um, but what's much more concerning is in the same sharing community, there's a lot of uh, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Chipotle, Chipotle um, sharing of accounts that have balances. And so you can go get free food. And and that does have a victim. Now, usually it's it's, a, it's become a problem for Chipotle to the point where they they have to comp people that have had their accounts taken over. Or they don't have to, but they choose to comp people that have had their accounts taken over, had their... Uh, you know, gift cards or whatever drained and used. Um, but uh, that that has a direct consequence because we're talking about, you know, you you got domino points. You, you want to use that for a free pizza. Some hacker comes in and steals your free pizza. Like that's, you know, that's food out of, you know, uh, out of your account. Um, but we, we see this all the time. Hackers have access to everything. Hackers had access to over 5,000 uh, Disney plus accounts on day one this this is how pr- prevalent it is so so don't ever assume that that like your premium account doesn't have about twenty hackers um, piggybacking off it and if you see random music or random shows being used on your account, you need to change your password because hackers are more than happy to just log right in uh, and watch you know. <clears throat> 16 and pregnant all day, um, and uh, and do it from your account.
3: Seems like an interesting example. And if you're <laughs> <using> <laughs> this specific, answer, Steve, <laughs> and and part of the part of the issue is password reuse, right? That, that, so those accounts wouldn't necessarily be vulnerable unless you were using that that password on another service and it, and it came back to bite you. So if you're currently reusing a password for your Netflix or Hulu account or Spotify account or iTunes account or anything like that, pause the video, take a second and change them just for everybody.
4: The breach number four, a Facebook Messenger flaw could have let hackers listen in. Natalie Silvanovich uh, of Google's Project Zero finding a bug in Messenger that could have allowed an attacker to call you and start listening to your, like before you pick up, like just listen to the whole time. That's a fairly odd bug to find, but.
3: I, I uh, like how they pay out and doxy the researcher at the same time. With yeah, <laughs> exactly what this is
4: the snitch. <laughs> <laughs> These bounty programs, what are y'all's thoughts on them and do they help companies? Um, what's your thoughts?
2: I think that they do because um, also at some point Apple, I think they offer like $1 million to whoever could find like a bug. I don't remember if it was in iOS or one of them, one of theirs uh, OS for the Mac. But I don't think anybody claimed that reward so far. Maybe it'll happen at some point, but it's unlikely. But I do think that they are rewarding because uh, I think that they, they actually make sense because you get, first of all, you get people from the outside. I mean, it's not the same that if you have your own engineers working, looking for flaws. Uh, that's probably the main reason why you have QA people and not just their own, the own developers doing their QA, because you need like an outside look. So that would be taking that concept into a whole new level, offering people from totally outside, like end users trying to find things and break things. Uh, and plus, I mean, you only pay if they actually find something. It's, it's not like you have them on retainer. They have to pay them. I mean, but if they find something that is useful and valuable, then you can actually use that information and pay them. I think I wouldn't use it as an exclusive way of finding bugs. I think that would be probably IT suicide. But as a plus project, I think that it's, it's helpful.
3: I think it's a it's a marketplace very ripe for disruption. Um, you know, we have some uh, partners and friends that run other security companies, and one of the issues that they're trying to solve maybe we can give them a tag or a shout out in the in the comments here uh, is that each company is working with an with an individual library that they have to build of potential vulnerabilities, whereas some of those vulnerabilities are shared fra- from company to company. And like one thing that we've seen is that. In the hacker community, like Steve was talking about, it's a very sharing culture, um, if, if nothing else, versus the folks that try to protect organizations are often barred from sharing any information with any of the other folks that are trying to, trying to protect companies. And so in, in, the, in the part of the internet where the attacks are brewed, the information flows freely and in the part of the net where people try to protect organizations, the information does not flow that that free at all. And so that's where, you know, bug bounty hunters are looking for similar patterns as other patterns they saw, the same pattern here is here is here is here is here, um, where sharing that information or creating a repository for, for some of that data, besides other sources of open source intelligence um, that folks can subscribe to can can be really helpful. And we know some folks that are working on that problem. So
0: so I I have a lot of thoughts about about this. Bug bounties are are good. Uh, They're a step in the right direction. Um, But my first thought is that um, don't trust Facebook to be secure. Um, Unless they have built it from the ground up to be secure, it's not going to be secure. Facebook built Messenger um, to have uh, messages between people and Facebook. It's not end-to-end encrypted, as far as I know. Um, And I spoke with a developer that worked on the original Messenger. He said he built it in three months. So um, it was always meant as a feature, uh, but it, it was not built from the ground up. To be secure and and you, you have to build security first um the people want to be hackers and by that i mean you know fast code developers and they like to hack projects but what they're doing by hacking a project is making usually an incredibly insecure project um, if they if facebook had had architected this from the ground up with uh actual hackers in mind with fraudsters and uh, malicious use in mind, they would have used end-to-end encryption Um, and uh, and then they wouldn't have had this problem um, because once you're, you're past uh, the encryption stage, you can't see any of the messages. Um, You know, security has to be a mindset. You, you have to architect with security in mind. You know, we are constantly Um, going through our code and saying, we can't trust our users. Whatever the user tells us, assume it's a hacker and then see if, if that still holds true. And, and I don't know the details of this particular bug, but um, uh, one thing that I, I don't think if Facebook had used end to end encryption, this bug would have been possible uh, because um, and and I think that uh, if Facebook had uh, constantly shown when the microphone is on, when the camera is on, if Facebook had you know been fully transparent about what information was being shared through an entire Messenger chat, um, this bug would have been found much earlier. And so, uh, if if you are relying on Facebook for secure messaging, uh, buyer beware, because it's free software that's been built for messaging. Uh, it's not been built for secure communication. There's plenty of secure, secure communication that's been built from the ground up, uh, like Signal. Um, Skype has end-to-end encryption. Uh, the iMessage from Apple has end-to-end encryption. Um, if, if you um, are using something other than end-to-end encryption, um, ultimately, that's on you because you you need to be using secure software in order to to be secure. And and we need to educate consumers um, that general text messaging is completely open. Everyone can read that. Um, Facebook Messenger, completely open. Facebook can read that. Um, And so you you have to be really careful online to make sure that you use a platform that actually gives you the tools to be secure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And going, uh, adding to that, even if you do use end-to-end encryption, if you use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, because it's owned by Facebook, question to you is, do you trust Facebook? If you use Skype, yes, it's end-to-end, but do you trust Microsoft? Um, and Telegram is not a, uh, I believe that protocol, they, they basically built their own protocol on that. Signal, as far as I know, and I'm a believer in Signal, and that's why I'm going to plug them, they are um, the only true open end end encryption platform.
0: Is Signal open source, or did they do a code review?
1: No, it's it's open source.
0: Yeah, so if, if it's open source, then you have the ability for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of developers to review it. Um, I, I use, and I trust, um, uh, FaceTime, <clears throat> um, iMessage, Signal, and Skype end-to-end encryption. And uh, I feel like Skype end-to-end encryption has been scrutinized enough that uh, it truly is uh, a handshake between me and, and the other party. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, that there's currently no authority that's saying what is good and what is bad. And so consumers are just using whatever they have.
1: same with 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 messages if a government agency goes knocking on apple's door do you trust apple to not turn that over um well
0: apple does not contain the keys that's true yeah it's it's purely end end and so and and apple and that's happened and apple's refused uh to even uh work with police um now what, whatever's on your phone can can be uh, accessed. Um, there there are uh, known exploits in iOS that uh, law enforcement is using to basically brute force guess your um, your PIN to your phone, uh, and then and then gain access. If if you don't have Face ID and they just point it at you, or they force your finger onto your phone. Um, but uh, you know, if you if it's truly end to end, you don't have to trust Apple. All you have to trust is that Apple uh, did the handshake properly.
1: And to that note, it is to Apple's credit whenever flaws like that are exposed and uh, they do find out that companies are exploiting it to break into iOS devices. They are very good at securing those those holes.
4: This last breach cryptocurrency platform dangles bug bounty carrot to hacker who stole $2 million. Acropolis, the cryptocurrency that got robbed, basically said, Hey, you stole 2 million, but if you give us it back, we'll give you 200,000 and we won't tell the cops and we won't reveal your name. So, you know, do we have a deal or not? Early after Acropolis got hit, another one called Value DeFi got hit. And what's funny about this is that they were bragging on Twitter that they had a flash loan attack prevention program in place. And the very next day they got hacked and $8 million was taken from them. The hackers then returned 2 million. And so apparently they had left a message after they returned the 2 million keeping 6 million from that 8 million initial <laughs> they they left with an with one audacious message saying do you really know flash loan after looking into that one one yesterday another pickle finance got hit for 19.7 million dollars
0: there's so much in that story um Let's see. The first is I respect the audacity of you stole two million dollars. If you give it back, I'll give you ten percent. <laughs> I appreciate the balls on that company. Oh, uh they didn't return it. What a big surprise. They kept a hundred percent of what they already stole. Um and then uh I don't even remember the second part of the article.
3: It, Nickel, it, pickle. It, but it's bringing it's bringing together a lot of threads from the other stories. Is like, don't use an exchange, use an offline wallet. Assume that your users are hacking you. Uh, it, not information sharing across the same vulnerability across multiple companies that won't talk to each other or discuss how to deal with those kinds of attacks. Uh, that's a that's a nice story to end with there, Nikki.
0: We have Thanksgiving coming up, so I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you are all able to uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy your time off. Uh, be aware, hackers will not be taking any time off. Uh, so, if you see weird account items added to your accounts or movies that you don't remember watching, um, you should probably change your password. Uh, with that, uh, thanks everyone for joining. If you enjoyed this episode, like subscribe, tweet, retweet, follow, tick, and talk. And uh, if you want to see more content like this, tune in next week. Um, And if you have any suggestions for us, stories we haven't covered, please write us at, uh, which email address am I going to docs? Write us at uh, contact at hacknotice.com. Um, any stories that you think are interesting that we've not covered. Uh, also, if you happen to have a double gold winning bourbon just laying around that you want us to feature, uh, you can send that directly to me um, uh, somewhere in Austin, Texas. Until next time, thanks everyone.
3: Happy Thanksgiving. Cheers.
0: Thanks. Hi guys. Happy Thanksgiving.